Finishing sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. People have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family, to send any violent email to my wife, to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends, to blow me up and take me down. I hate to say this, but this is worse than Robert Bork, and I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is worse than Clarence Thomas. I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is a national disgrace. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. But let me tell you when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. I don't think this whole year of the woman thing, I wonder if they haven't bit off more than they can chew on that because I think it could easily as well turn out to be the year of the man who feel like the target is on their back. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program, StaceyOnTheRight.com, at StaceyOnTheRight on Twitter and Instagram. Hit those sites up and hit the subscribe button or the like button or the follow button. You are welcome. And it's Friday. Happy Friday to you. We're taking calls all this hour. Uh, we have 866-963-2037 as the call lines. We're happy to talk to you. Whether you're for or against Kavanaugh, whatever the case might be, just bring your facts. I'm not ready for any emotions up in this piece. Uh, we also have some audio that we're going to get to. And then I wanted to cover some of these stories because even though we have this huge spectacle going on with the Supreme Court nomination, there are other news stories of importance like George Foros, Soros funding Fusion GPS. That's right. The circle is complete. While Democrats scream about uh, Citizens United and dark money, they get their money from George Soros, the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. So that happens. And then there's the federal spending spree, including millions on cars, scooters, fidget spinners. The rundown to the end of the government fiscal year means people just go out and buy whatever they can get their hands on because they don't want their budget number to be smaller this year than it was last year, even though they don't need the money. And this contributes bigly, as Donald Trump would say, to our actual deficit. They're spending money on these toys and trinkets Money that we're borrowing, not money that we have in cash. No family would ever operate this way. No one would ever allow this to happen in a private company. But our government has been doing it for decades. And that's why we owe, is it 20 some odd trillion dollars to China, Taiwan, you name it, just any old country that'll give us some money. It's just ridiculous. So let's go to the phones really quickly. We have Anne back with us. She called last hour. Anne, thank you so much for calling back. What's your comment? I just want to understand why I was not able to get my opinion out before you took me off the call. Well, there were 50 seconds left, and we went right up until the end. That's why I had to disconnect you. But you're back now. What else do you have to say? And please you know, I just, be truthful. I don't understand why, if someone doesn't agree with you, that you want to shut them down. I said, no, What's the purpose that's not it, Ann. What's your comment? What's your actual comment? Because if you're calling my to complain, I don't have time for it that. It is possible... This has nothing to do with Roe versus Wade. This may have everything to do <laughs> with her truth and her experience. Her and truth. No one can say. I can say it. He could be lying. I just said it. He could. He could She's very lying. well be lying. And he what could he be. should have done is apologize and say, "I did some things in my young, my youth that I am not proud of, and if mm. I did something to you, Doctor Ford, I apologize." Why would he apologize if he he did something? All right. So we can't talk over each other. Is that the, is that the totality of your comment that he should apologize for perhaps maybe if he did something that that's what you think a judge, a sitting judge on the the DC circuit is going to say to someone who's obviously got a few screws loose and is coming into this area to accuse him on behalf of drug makers for abortion pills and things like that, that that's where you are right now. Take the abortion pill. Take Democrat, Republican off the table. No, this because is a those very are factors. Intelligent woman. This yeah, is not she is. Some, some Stormy Daniel that we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is a intelligent woman, educated white female. So it doesn't matter. 
she could be telling the truth and he could be lying, which is a good possibility. Mm. So I think that we need to give her some benefit as a doubt. You're a woman. I'm a woman. What would you do? It's nothing. That means nothing didn't to me. Ask for this to be made public. She put sent it to the she shoes. sent it to the newspaper. I can't, Anne, because I'm not a liar. I can't put myself in the shoes of a liar. And as a Christian, I would think that you would understand that there is no male or female or Jew or Greek in the kingdom. There's the truth and there's a lie. And if she had anything to corroborate her story, any salient details to kind of point to the fact that she was telling the truth, I would be much more ready to consider her allegation as something that needs to be investigated. But because she showed up to the hearing and couldn't even corroborate her own letter that she wrote to Dianne Feinstein and to her own senator, because she was unable to bring any kind of who drove her home that night? Why did she go up the narrow staircase? All these questions that she should have been able to answer that she avoided because she's not telling the truth. And you said take abortion out of it. What will you say at the judgment seat, Anne? Are you going to tell God, take abortion out of it? Do you think you're going to wag your finger at him? Do you think you're going to be able to tell God, hey, you know what, God? I'm a woman. And so I have to respect people's educations and I have to respect their choices. Abortion is out of it. Do you think that's going to fly there? Consider what your positions and consider them in the light of eternity. And for goodness sakes, stop seeing yourself as a woman or a Republican or someone who believes people who have educations and get in your word. Try to understand things from that perspective because that's the one that matters. And thank you so much for calling again. Let's go to Laura in Washington. Thank you for calling the show and happy Friday to you. Uh, turn your radio down. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> I think we lost her. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing that gets my goat more than someone actually. You're a woman. Okay. I've, I've also married and I've had three kids. So what? Why do our characteristics, things we didn't choose, because I wasn't actually able to say, I want to be a woman. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to be a woman, God, please make me a woman. That was not my choice. This is what God created. I'm working within those boundaries. This isn't about whether people are men or if they're women or, or it's about the truth. And if you think for one second that this only happens to Judge Kavanaugh, it happens in a vacuum, it never happens to anyone else, then just look at the stories of exonerated and look at the college students who were wrongly accused of rape that have been exonerated. Look at the men who've spent decades in prison who were exonerated by DNA evidence, who were wrongly accused. Guess what they say when you say, hey, I want to I wanna take this, this case against this woman who wrongly accused me they say, up oh, the statute of limitations has expired. You've been in jail too long to now bring cases, uh, charges against her for wrongly accusing you, even though we've exonerated you with DNA evidence. This is serious business. So while there are women out there who are reeling from listening to these accusations and memories have been brought up, true victims, they're the ones that I have solidarity with. They're the ones who I wish they would be able to get justice for what they've been through. True victims, not people who are political pawns like Blasey Ford. And that's the big difference here. I know the difference. There are people who have actually been assaulted, people who've been raped, kidnapped, you name it. They've had horrible things happen to them. Those are the ones who deserve justice. People who are just doing things because of politics, that's not a real thing. That's called being used, which is what's happening to Dr. Ford. And, and it's unfortunate that emotions play more of a role in whether or not she's telling the truth than the actual corroboration and evidence that she was able to bring, which was very scant. She doesn't have anyone who was at the party who remembers the actual party or will say that Judge Kavanaugh was there. And I am open to Judge Kavanaugh not telling the truth. I've been waiting all week for this hearing so I could hear, is he, is, is he guilty? Is he guilty of this? I don't believe he is. And if I thought he was, I would be the first one to say he's not guilty. I would be or, or he is guilty. I would I was open to either possibility. It didn't happen. She wasn't able to bring the actual. She needed to bring more than just an emotional 12 year old voice and some, you know, some feelings. She needed to bring more than a story that could have been ripped straight from the pages of Mark Judge's book. She needed to bring more than that. So 
I want to get to, we'll, we'll go back to the phones in just a second here, but I want to get to Graham's comments on the effect that this process will have on other potential nominees and how there are people out there who have aspirations to do great things in public life who are now rethinking that because they love their family more. It's number four. This, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. Wow. This is the American Bar Association. Just before they got their phone calls from... Um, the Democrats telling them that their endorsement was actually working against the Democrats cause. And so then last night they said that it needs to be delayed. The entire process needs to be delayed for an FBI investigation, which would only bring in more people to be interviewed to say that Christine Blasey Ford, they don't remember it. They don't remember it happening. There are no extra people to be interviewed that corroborate her side of the story. There are only people who will further impeach the information that she originally brought. Now, if you think I've been exaggerating the connection between abortion and this Supreme Court nomination process and the reason the Democrats are fighting this as hard as they are for the swing vote seat, take it from Geraldo Rivera, hardly a conservative. He was on Fox News talking about abortion versus the pro-life movement. It's number six. Roe v. Wade balances the equities between the, the mother and the unborn child. At a certain point, the unborn child, not yet formed, has rights. Those rights can be balanced against the privacy rights of the woman. All you have to do to erode Roe v. Wade is say the child is viable earlier and earlier and earlier in the pregnancy. So now uh, abortion is only legal when the, uh, the, the child is not yet viable. Well, that's so viability will continue to shrink. It'll be at six months. It'll be at five months. It'll be at four months. Conception. It'll be at three months. And in some states, you're absolutely right, it will be at conception. This is a watershed moment. Uh, half the country is absolutely uh, 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 struck and stricken. By what's happening, the other half is elated by what's happening. This defines the division in this country. Right, right. left, blue, red, conservative, yeah. liberal. This was huge. I and what is Dr. Blasey Ford getting in return for this destruction? And, you know, she's had to move out of her house, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there are three GoFundMe accounts currently in excess of $900,000. When they're done, when they run up to the last day, they'll be worth well over a million dollars, possibly even more than that. Sounds like a payoff to me. And, and again, maybe she rejects the money. I doubt it. But maybe she rejects it and says, I won't, I won't take a penny of that because I didn't do this for money. But I doubt it. Because the women who accused Donald Trump, they got their houses paid off. Do, do you see the connection here? It's, it's time for the adults to have a chat. If you're in your feelings, that's something for a later point. This is about... If it was just about the truth, she would have insisted that her allegation come forward during the time when he was actually being questioned. She would have insisted, hey, it's going to come out anyway. The newspaper's going to find out about me anyway. Now the newspaper's calling me. I know they're calling me. The, the, everything's still going on. I still have a chance to catch this. I still have a chance to tell my story to the entire Senate Judiciary panel, and I have a chance to have this man respond. I'm going to go for it. But she didn't do that because this is a delay tactic. Now we have... People in the call queue, we will call or come come to your calls right after this. We actually don't have a guest next segment, so we'll do all calls. So stay right there. We'll be back with more Stacey on the right.
Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, the very first day in Israel, when we're staying in Jerusalem, we go to the Mount of Olives. And it's there at the Mount of Olives we look out over the old city of Jerusalem. It's a spectacular sight. You've seen it in pictures before, but it's another thing to actually be there as we walk down from the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane, and we pray there. It's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country visiting the Holy Land, the land of Jesus. If you want information on this March 14th through the 22nd tour, just call us and we'll send you a brochure. Call 1-800-FAMILIES, F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option 5, and leave us your name and your address and we'll mail you a brochure. Or if you want to simply go online at twholyland.com, everything's there, twholyland.com. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. The suicide rate in America is increasing. That not only makes it an important public health issue, it also has become an election year issue. Antonio Delgado is a congressional candidate in New York. His tweet explained that suicide rate increased in nearly every state from 1999 to 2016, including an increase of 29 percent in New York. We must commit funding to help those suffering from mental health conditions and let them know that they are not alone. Illinois congressional candidate Sarah Daddy reported that suicide rates are up across gender and age in the U.S. Take a minute on World Suicide Prevention Day today and tell someone that they are important to you. It could save a life. First, let me assure you that the numbers I just cited are correct. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the suicide rate rose in all but one state with increases across age, gender, and ethnicity. And it's also worth noting that in more than half of those suicides, in 27 states, the people had no known mental health conditions before they ended their lives. Second, suicide is being viewed not only as a mental health problem, but as a public health one as well. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death, and suicides account for more than twice as many deaths as homicides. Finally, there are many reasons for suicide. Mental health professionals, for example, point to the economic downturn 10 years ago. The dramatic rise in opioid addiction is another reason. And a third concern is suicide contagion. That is the idea that exposure to suicide may increase the chance of suicide for some. Suicide has become a major health issue. That's why we're hearing more about it on these political campaigns. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. From Universal 1440, Unbroken, Path to Redemption, the rest of World War II hero Louis Zamperini's true story, now playing rated PG-13. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. And you've described this as being near the country club, wherever this house was. Is that right? I would describe it as somewhere between my house and the country club in that vicinity that's shown in your picture. Okay. And the country club is about 20, a 20 minute drive from my parents' home. A 20-minute drive, and of course, I've I've marked as the crow flies. Um, would it be fair to say that somebody drove you somewhere, either to the party or home from the party? Correct. Okay. Has anyone come forward to say to you, "Hey, remember, I was the one that drove you home"? No. Okay. I mean, that's the simplest corroboration she could ever have. And you can't tell me uh, in, in a heightened state of fear and anxiety, if she's just been sexually assaulted, she doesn't remember how she got home. She says she ran out of the, the house. She just tried to slip by really quickly and she left out of the front door and then she just somehow made it home eight miles away. Come on now. Again, this is not about me being unwilling to, you know, consider, hey, could Judge Kavanaugh have possibly done this? I was waiting on the evidence. I thought, you know, this woman, I didn't think she'd appear. That was the title of one of the shows this week was uh, what's the over under on her showing up. And then you, you get to the actual day and she starts talking about caffeine. She wasn't even taking the process seriously. She didn't even get up early enough to drink anything like a cup of coffee on the way over. She could have told one of the lawyers, when you come pick me up, bring me a cup of coffee. I need coffee on the way over. She's staying at a hotel. There are no hotels in D.C. that don't have coffee in the lobby for the guests, either paid or 
complimentary. I mean, who are we kidding here with that performance that she put on yesterday? So if, if by, I mean, by all means, if you're the kind of person who thinks that your innate characteristics are going to somehow matter to whether or not you were obedient to the word of God and you read it and understood it and denied it anyway, if you think that the, the thing that's going to get you out of jail free is, well, I was a woman. I had to believe in abortion. You got a really, really rude thing coming up on you fast. It's coming up fast and you still have a chance to change it, but it's still coming up on you. It's coming up on all of us. We all go to the same place initially. Initially, we all go straight to the judgment seat. It's after that that you should be concerned about. Come on now. We'll go to Laura in Washington. Laura, thank you so much for calling the show today. Yes. Hello? Hey, how are you? Hi, Stacy. Oh, it's great to talk to you. Um, I just want to say that I'm grateful for your show and uh, people that are in the know. We have to stick together. I thought that that caller, I won't say the name, but um, that provided a platform for how emotional they are. And when you give them the facts, when you actually hand them the facts of what the situation is and who these people are, they turn it into an, um, another bunch of emotional stew, mm-hmm. and it's, you can't get through to them. It's, it's impossible. It's like shouting into the wind. So I'm really grateful. We have to all stick together, and um, I'm, I'm grateful that there's people out there that are awake and aware, and we do exist out there. There's probably well, more of us than we think. I I hope so, Laura, because it really makes me sad. It it makes me sad when the response to the fact that no creditable proof was provided is, well, you're a woman. You have to understand. Actually, I don't. I don't wake up in the morning. I'm sure you don't either, Laura, and say, well, what am I going to do as a woman today? That's just not a part of how we think. It is an attribute, sure, but it's not something that we should be making our decisions based solely upon, especially when we have right and wrong to consider. Laura, thank you for the call and, and the comment. I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Lori in Virginia. Lori, thank you so much for calling the show today. Happy Friday. Hey, Stacy. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I love your show, and I'm very inspired by what you have to say. I'm just calling to respond to the one caller who was talking about uh, Kavanaugh's accuser being a white, educated woman. And I myself am a white, educated woman. I've been sort of in a similar situation that she described. I kind of grew up in the same era and the same, you know, part of the country. And I don't think she's got a whole lot of credibility. I was watching a lot of the questioning um, taking place yesterday. And I don't remember how many times I was yelling at TV because she wasn't answering yes or no questions. She was claiming that she didn't understand the question. And Mm -hmm. she's, you know, really that highly educated. I don't know why she was confused about some of the, you know, very simple questions that were being asked. I know she's highly educated, but I think a lot of it was just a complete fact. And uh, I don't it had it. to be. Thank you. So Lori, it had to be. I, and I'm, I'm not a white educated woman, but I certainly don't think that whether someone's white or educated has to, anything to do with them being able to ascertain the truth. And I think you, so you're listening to her and you're finding it not credible, but I, I guess the, the question I would have for you is, so you have a good education, and she did too. I'm not high, not as highly educated as she is. But well, sure, yeah, but I've, you you I've have advanced education. And... Yes. Okay. Yeah. So th- this is a valid question for me to ask you, which is, have you ever in your educational career, when you were getting your bachelor's degree, or since then, encountered a person with as much education as she had that had that same presentation? I'm I'm talking no. about the, the the you know teenager <laughs> no. voice, all that. I just, you know, I couldn't and get when it. I, I, yeah, and I don't think I realized that she was a professor. Maybe I'd forgotten that detail with, you know, all the um, information that's been coming out. But I, I cannot even imagine her teaching a class, um, especially at a college level. I mean, that's She has graduate ridiculous. students that she teaches. That's what she, she said. She, she has graduate students who were approached about her being, you know, a victim of Kavanaugh. And that's why she decided I can't, I can't keep having my students, you know, getting approached. But I thought there were moments right. when the facade fell down. I don't know how much of it you saw, but there were some times when the prosecutor who was asking questions on behalf of the Republicans, when she was mm-hmm. talking, there were times where Blasey Ford actually kind of cocked her head to the side 
and her face wasn't vacant. And I saw the professor in her come out where she wanted to say something, you know, kind of direct and cutting. Did you catch that? I I thought I I saw the real her. Um, I agree with you completely. And she, yes, um, uh, I can't quite describe it. I didn't think of it maybe in that way, but, um, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. There were moments she wanted to say something. And, um, you know, I did catch the moment where she was actually answering a question and her, uh, female attorney, Kat, um, turned off the microphone. So Mm -hmm. I saw that too, which I thought, you know, there's a lot of little tiny things that are happening right now that I'm picking up on. And I hope everybody else is too, because, you know, it's just all the little tiny details about probably the last seven weeks that's more interesting to me than what she had to say about 36 years ago about, uh, yeah. you know, how it all came together in the last seven weeks. That's what yeah. really kind of... I found that too. I, I wanted more of those quick because I was kind of like, well, wait a minute. So the, the attorneys you're sitting with were referred to you by Diane Feinstein? That's something that we could explore. But it, it, we didn't get there. But that, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, and I kind of, didn't say to myself, well, I'm not an educated white woman, so I can't understand her perspective. I just was like, does she feel like she's telling the truth? You know, and she didn't, she didn't feel like that to me. And then she didn't have any evidence. So I I really, honestly, I couldn't have been more ready to have heard her and believed her yesterday. And she just couldn't sell it to me. Lori, thank you so much for calling the show. I appreciate your perspective today. Um, Let's do one more call. Tony in Kansas. Tony, thank you for calling the show today. Hey there, you're on the air. Oh no. Well, um, when you call in, you have to, when you go into, go into on hold status, you have to turn your radio down because if you don't, you won't, you'll hear the delay and then, you know, and the delay is broadcasting from St. Louis, syndicated out of Tupelo, American family all over the country, urban family talk all over the country. So in order for all those wires and things to work, there's a slight delay. So you'll hear that when you call. You have to turn your radio down or your, or your however you're listening, your live stream app, whatever. You have to turn it down. Thank you so much for the great calls today. Um, I want to quickly get through this. So I saw this story online today and I was like, I got to talk about this on the show. And I know the Blazy Ford story is hot, but it's apparently going to be hot until next week. I just got an alert from the Republican National Committee that Mitch McConnell has postponed or scheduled a vote for next week on Friday on the entire nomination. So the actual Senate floor vote where everyone will go on the record as to either supporting Kavanaugh or opposing him, it will happen next Friday. Here's the quote from Mitch McConnell's office. The supplemental FBI background investigation would be limited to current credible allegations against the nominee and must be completed no later than one week from today. So we will have a guest on to discuss exactly what that means from the RNC. But right now I want to get to this Mark Zuckerberg Facebook page threat from this white hat hacker. Bloomberg is reporting that a Taiwanese white hat hacker who has 26,000 followers on Facebook named Chang 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 Chai Wan, Chang Chai Wan has promised to delete the Facebook founder's account and broadcast himself doing so on Facebook Live. Chang and his Facebook page are listed as a special contributor in Line Corp's Bug Bounty Hall of Fame for 2016. He was once sued by a local bus operator for hacking into its system and buying a single ticket for a single Taiwanese dollar, which one Taiwanese dollar is worth three U.S. cents. The hacker also posted screenshots of Facebook's responses to his bug reports. Now, he uses hacking as a means to earn money, and he does that by using Facebook's ongoing bug bounty program where Facebook claims to recognize and reward security researchers who report vulnerabilities in its service. If it's successful, this will not be the first time that Zuckerberg's page has been hacked. Back in 2011, a hacker managed to successfully post a status update from Zuckerberg's account. Ah. <sighs> So they claim that at 3 a.m. in San Francisco, 6 a.m. in New York, 11 a.m. in London, or 12 p.m. in Berlin, this event is going to occur. I have no idea if it's actually going to happen, but it comes on the tail of new news today. And this, this is what I couldn't believe. That story is interesting. And if it happens, you know, whoa, Facebook, you got to get your security uh, apparatus together. 
But the story that I thought was actually pretty horrific was that there's another breach on Facebook. Now, this is the same same place that sold all of the user data, collated all of your information from those little surveys and little games that everybody played, looked into all your friends' accounts. I mean, just they read all your private messages, and now they've had another security breach. They allowed hackers to control the accounts of up to 50 million users. Following the disclosure, shares of Facebook extended midday losses and uh, ended trading about 2.5% down. Zuckerberg says they're working to investigate the breach. Now, here's, here's what's so annoying about this. If he spent less time smacking conservatives down and dedicated more manpower and resources to securing his empire, which is Facebook, he wouldn't constantly be in the news for this. I I think it's really... uh. So here's how it worked. There's something called view as. You notice it on your page. View as lets users see what their profile looks like to other users on the platform. This vulnerability, which consisted of three separate bugs, allowed the hackers to get access tokens, which are digital keys, which let people stay logged into the device without having to re-enter their password. And those digital keys, tokens, access tokens, were then used to control other people's accounts. Almost 50 million accounts had their access tokens taken. Facebook has reset those tokens. The company also reset tokens for an additional 40 million accounts who used the view as feature in the last year as a precautionary measure for a total of 90 million accounts or about 4% of the total users given that they have 2.23 billion active monthly users as of June 30th. The reset requires those users to re-enter their password when they return to Facebook or access an app that uses Facebook login. And you get a notification at the top of your newsfeed detailing what happened. I'd love to speak to anyone who's in the audience who has actually noticed that they've been required to log back in because that means you're in the 50 million. And additionally, the company suspended the view as feature while it reviewed their security. They said they fixed the issue on Thursday night and notified law enforcement, including the FBI and Irish data protection commission in order to address any general data protection regulation rules, the GDPR from over overseas. They say they've just begun their investigation and um, they haven't uncovered any information abuse as of yet. Huh. Really interesting. Really interesting um, that this is going on again. Don't you think? Like, you, you just look at it and you're like, wow. I don't know. What, what exactly does it take for them to secure this app? All right, we have uh, less than a minute left. So what we'll do is we'll take some phone calls on the last segment right after these important messages. To um, plan on having some screen-free time this weekend. I know that probably sounds weird because I also say on the the program, I say subscribe and go to my website and all that stuff. But I'm a firm believer in unplugging sometimes. I think it really... It's something that we used to do so regularly. We would go outside. We would spend time sitting outside. And it doesn't have to be a special fancy place that you're you're sitting. It can be anywhere, really. You could be sitting in your back deck or your front porch or your, you know, your side yard, whatever. But getting outside, I've been doing it more and more often, especially since we know it's going to get cold. And I tell you what, it's you get outside, you don't think about all this stuff. And then you just get to commune with nature and maybe some bugs will like, you know, hit you in the arm. The other day we were walking and a huge bug hit me in the arm and I was so grossed out. And then I remembered, I'm outside. This stuff happens outside. And so I had to be grateful for the grossed out feeling that I had for about five minutes. But yeah, get out there. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. So uh, we have one more segment left. We'll do calls and more on Stacy on the Right when we return. Stay there.
This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. People are moving as fast as their U-Hauls will carry them out of high-tax, high-regulation states like California, New York, and Illinois. Where are they headed? Into low or no personal property tax states like Tennessee, Texas, and Florida. So there is definitive proof that lower taxes are attractive to families juggling expenses. Why then do we see low-tax, no-tax states transform into high-tax, heavy-regulation states over time? because the high-tax residents flee the consequences of their voting patterns. When they arrive in the prosperous low-tax states, they begin to vote in the very same high taxes and heavy regulations that drove them from their previous location. Isn't that silly? I liken the behavior to economic locusts. After eating everything in sight, locusts move on to greener pastures. Economic locusts leave fiscal destruction in their wake. Remember this when you suddenly see calls for new taxes. If voters say yes, fiscal ruin will follow. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Netflix continues to ignore the outcry about 13 Reasons Why. The American Family Association, along with Parents Television Council and several other pro-family groups, have reached out to the streaming service, urging the cancellation of their program. Netflix has not even responded to our letter. Instead, they released an even more vile Season 2 and are producing Season 3. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings says their program is engaging and that it fosters discussion of taboo topics like suicide and sexual assault. But at what cost? 14-year-old Anna Bright and several other teens have committed suicide after watching the show. Hastings calls our objections propaganda. Does he feel the profitability of his company is worth more than the lives damaged or lost because of his show? Please sign our petition to Netflix, learn more, and share our action alert when you visit afa.net. And pray Reed Hastings will recognize the dangers of 13 Reasons Why. I'm Eben Brown. There seems to be much confusion in Maryland in the aftermath of a workplace shooting in which once again the shooter's mental health was of issue, but not used in a process to deny the purchase of the firearm used in the attack. The 26-year-old woman killed four and wounded three others at a warehouse in Aberdeen, Maryland, and it was later learned the gunwoman was previously diagnosed schizophrenic, yet checked no for mental illness on paperwork when buying the gun. The law in Maryland is supposed to prevent anyone involuntarily committed for a month or longer from buying guns. She had not been. Next week, Vermont will officially outlaw bump stocks. The state will be the ninth to do so, but the bump stock ban in Vermont is a bit different. They're not offering cash payouts to people who surrender the devices to law enforcement. The ban is being challenged, however, in Vermont state court. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. The one thing I can tell you, you should be proud of. Ashley, you should be proud of this. That you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you. And I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. Mm. Those words. Um, I wish they would ring out and continue to ring in the ears of those who heard them. But just one meeting with the Democrats, I tell you what, you, like, like uh, it was a couple of segments ago over the break, there was don't meet with deceivers by yourself. You can't withstand the onslaught. Jeff Flake should have never taken a meeting with a room full of Democrats. It's a corrupting influence. Ugh, it's just too bad. All right, let's go back to the phones. This is the last segment of the show on a Friday. I'm excited about the weekend. I hope you are too. Hope you're planning to have fantastic time with family and friends and unplug. And if you're working over the weekend, I hope you're going to have fantastic time working and enjoying the fruits of your labor because work is a blessing. And then I hope if you aren't working that you'll take some time on Saturday evening or Sunday morning to get in the pew and refresh and get get that fresh word uh, in your local 
house of worship. So let's go to the phones. Tony in Kansas, thank you for calling into the show today. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Stacy. Hey there. Hey, I think I think I understand something about this case. I think she's telling the truth. Hmm. And I think Brett Kavanaugh is too. So the reason why this is possible is because there was a misunderstanding between the two. If you notice in her explanation, she says she'll never forget the laughter that she heard, the laughter, the Gregorious laughter. Well, if you are a young 17-year-old and you're poking at it and tickling at a 15-year-old, there would be laughter, and he may very well have been there having fun and horseplaying. And I think that if horseplay for a 17-year-old happens maybe all three times a day, it would be impossible to remember this event unless it was a traumatic event. And for Brett Kavanaugh, it would not have been traumatic. It would have been fun. But for her, it was a life-changing experience. That's what I'm thinking is going on here. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, it's I guess anything's possible. Thanks so much for calling the show, Tony. Um, I don't know. I don't really buy that about it. Um, I remember a lot of things from high school, but there's a lot that I don't remember. But there's a unique quality about me not remembering things. Um, like if I'm around someone who was present at that event, this has happened many times. I've been, uh, around someone that I knew from way back then, or I'll be talking to my sister on the phone and she'll say, do you remember this person? And I always say no immediately. And then she'll describe them to them or she'll say, do you remember when we went to X or when we lived in so-and-so and we went to this place? And then I'll say, yeah. And as we begin to talk, I'll remember that person. And then she'll say, do you remember when with that person we went to X or we were at this football game in high school? And after thinking about it for a little while, I can remember, but there's always something about it that stuck out to me, which is how I know it's a genuine memory. I'll say, didn't she yada, 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 or wasn't she the one or didn't that day this happen? And when the person I'm talking to says, yes, exactly. That did happen that day. Then then you have corroboration. Then you have the, you know, you're remembering the same time frame, the same event, et cetera, et cetera. She has no one to corroborate. No one who sits there and says, even after a few minutes of kind of talking it through, you know what? There was a party where you and I were both there and Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge were both there. It's the absence of that that removes this idea that something happened to her and he was the one who did it. Something may have very well happened to her. But he remembers very specifically and has calendars to prove his whereabouts, which means he's much more credible. It's weird that he decided to start keeping the calendars two years before that, but he did. So as weird as it might be, it's the course of events as they occurred. There's no way he's getting calendars from way back then and faking that in the one week between the time the allegations came out and the time he appeared. There's just no way. So... Let's do one more phone call. We got David in Indiana. Um, thank you so much for calling the show. Hello, Stacy. Hi. Hi. Thanks, Thanks for calling for in. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, Blazer Ford, her statements was just, I, I didn't see any genuineness. You know, I think she was did a good acting job. But the big disappointment is uh, Senator Flake and what he's done. I mean, to extend his hand to the Democrats and play along with it. I mean, this has been drug out long enough, and that's all the Democrats' plan was all along. I agree with you. To drag it out to try to get Mm -hmm. past where he couldn't get in in November and then have to wait to 2020. And and not only that, but if he's not seated, so the vote was timed for tomorrow so that he could be seated and hear cases next week. They're hearing cases next week. They're actually putting some of the cases right, off, right. you know, because they, they don't have a tie means n- no, no ruling. It just gets remanded back. They need him on the, the court to fill out the bench so that they don't have ties. And also, why, why would he not like why would he not be there to hear these cases? These cases are the, the calendar is set and he should be there. I think they should. The Supreme Court should unanimously vote to just push their calendar back a week to wait for the 
conclusion of this. Oh, the Democrats would be so yeah. mad if you did that. Don't yeah. you think? I, I believe so. I'll tell you what. <laughs> and it's a limit. Lindsey Graham came through like a firecracker, though. He did, yes. He was he I, I he redeemed himself with me because he had been on my bad list for I mean just over ten years. The, the entire time I've been paying attention to politics like this, he's been on my bad list for being a total rhino. Uh, but his his friends betrayed him, and I, I'm I'm not happy that he was so hurt by it because some of that anger was hurt. But I am glad that he finally sees the light about who these people are. He, the, they were never his friends. They were just using him to get votes that they needed to get done. And he thought he was reaching across the aisle and he was really getting used. Um, let's go to Rebecca in Mississippi. Rebecca, thanks for calling the show today. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. Thank you. What's your comment? Uh, my comment is... yeah. I was wondering what you thought about the fact that Democratic Representative Sheila Jackson Lee slipped an envelope to Dr. Ford's attorneys after the testimony was over with. Okay, so you saw that too. (laughs) I saw it too. I saw it yesterday as it was happening. And then someone posted a tiny clip of it and another Diamond and Silk made it into a GIF. So it repeats over and over and over again. And they, they shared that. I tell you what, Rebecca, that sure did. You know what was really so suspect about it was the look on Sheila Jackson Lee's face when she handed it to him. First, she said hi. And he looked at her. I don't think he really recognized who she was. And then she moved her scarf out of the way and took the envelope from her left hand to her right hand and handed it to him. And his look of realization came over his face. And then he said, thank you. And she nodded her head very resolutely, like exactly. And then she turned and just looked straight ahead. And he put the envelope in his pocket, in her coat, in her jacket pocket and patted it. And I said it was a payoff. She probably just paid for the polygraph that everybody was wondering who's paying for this. Sheila Jackson Lee, apparently. I have no idea what was paid for, but it certainly was odd that she gave it to him right after the testimony concluded. Don't you think? I do think that. That's exactly what I put on Facebook, payoff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also I also just found out or read that uh, Dr. Ford has three GoFundMe accounts equaling a total of $900,000. Mm-hmm. And they'll be higher than that by the time the weekend's over. Absolutely. Um, I, I think one thing we have to do is we have to be very, very, very vigilant about you know, not not wavering on this. We can't waver. And for people who are wondering, you can go to the stream.org and get the information on the Blazy Ford connection with the abortion profiteering. You can get that there. Rebecca, thank you for calling the show and happy weekend to you. I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, I you know what? Don't 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 start. Don't start anything over here. Um so this morning, someone, there were a lot of interviews that Lindsey Graham did all over television and everything about his fiery comments yesterday at the Kavanaugh hearing at cl- close to the close. And he went on TV this morning and they were asking, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And he actually, I think this is him in the hearing room saying he's not going to shut up. He's actually in there right before they took the vote this morning, moving the nomination out of the committee hearing phase. So here's Lindsey Graham at number seven. If you're a gang rapist when you're a sophomore and a junior in high school, you don't let it go. Every woman who actually knows Brett Kavanaugh has come forward to say he is not that kind of guy. He has been at the highest level of public service under tremendous scrutiny, six FBI investigations, and we missed the sophomore junior gang rapist. We didn't miss it. It's much garbage. We're in the twilight zone, and here's what I would say. Ms. Ford, all I can say about Ms. Ford, I feel sorry for her, and I do believe something happened to her, and I don't know when and where, but I don't believe it was Brett Kavanaugh, and as a prosecutor, you couldn't get out of the batter's box because in America, before you can choose... Accuse somebody of a crime, you have to tell them when it happened and where it happened, and you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt it did happen. The reason this case will never be brought in Maryland or anywhere else, you just can't get there. If you wanted to get a warrant, which is a probable cause standard, 
to search or arrest somebody, you got to prove by probable cause where it happened and when it happened. How are you supposed to defend yourself? Is the burden really on you to prove that you were not at a party 35 years ago and they won't tell you where it was and when it was? And he makes a good point there. And that was preceding his vote to move Judge Kavanaugh out of the judiciary panel and into actual consideration. Um, I just so this is this is it is what it is now that the Republicans have agreed to continue to play this game with the Democrats. We'll see how they actually, you know, crack this thing out. If if, what happens if they bring forward more credible accusers and all that stuff. Um, We also I previewed in the the beginning of the show about how we're going to talk about George Soros funded Fusion GPS and his spokesman actually confirmed. Now, remember, Fusion GPS were the ones that actually created the relationship with that former MI6 agent to get him to create this dossier, the dossier that was then used as opposition research by the Clinton foundation or Clinton campaign that was then used uh, for the justification. It was doctored up and, you know, prettied up and used as a justification for the FISA warrants that tapped Trump tower, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like the dirty deed itself. And who was funding it? George Soros. A spokesman for left-wing billionaire financier George Soros has acknowledging that he indirectly funded Fusion GPS, the firm behind the Steele dossier. Sources have told the Daily Caller News Foundation in the past that Soros helped fund Fusion's post-election work on Russian interference in the election process. Soros spokesman told the Washington Post that Soros donated to the Democracy Integrity Project, a group founded by former staffer to Dianne Feinstein. You see how it all connects up? So that's that's why I don't want to hear anybody telling me that um, Dr. Blasey Ford doesn't have any connections to these people. She got in with them awfully quick and got an attorney that they approved for her awfully quick. She said she couldn't figure out who to hire. And so Senator Feinstein made a recommendation. Notice she didn't ask Chairman Grassley for a recommendation. Right. So Michael Vachon, the Soros aide, told Washington Post columnist David Ignatius that Soros provided a grant to a nonprofit group called the Democracy Integrity Project. Now, this organization, which was formed in 2017 by Daniel Jones, a former Senate Intelligence Committee staffer for Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, paid Fusion GPS as a contractor to to continue an investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. I mean... You just can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. Jones told the FBI in interviews in March of 2017 that his organization was paid around $50 million by a group of billionaires to conduct the investigation. Jones's statements to the FBI were first revealed in a report released by Republican members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence back in April. So... If something stinks, you know, it's, it's not just you. It's not, you're not imagining it. And pardon me if I just can no longer have the patience to put up with these emotional type conversations. I just don't have the patience for it anymore. God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. Be back with you next week. <laughs>